Okay, uh, welcome to MEPCAST. Today we're talking with Costica Dumbrava. Hello, Costica. Hello there. Um, I'm coming to you from lockdown, coronavirus lockdown in Athens. Costica Dumbrava is a policy analyst with EPRS. For those of you who may not know this, that's the European Parliament's research service, an invaluable resource for all of us members of European Parliament, we turn to them many times for support and analysis with respect to issues we're called upon to, to consider and legislate. And um, I, I took the, uh, also they have a very, an excellent publication series. So uh, just recently I was reading one of the latest publications, which is entitled Tracking Mobile Devices to Fight the Coronavirus. And this is a publication that was um, done by um, Costica Dumbrava with his team. So I'm very pleased that you're coming to us today from Brussels. And I would like to discuss the contents of this publication. You know, Costica, we are all, we're all very aware that uh, I can tell you in lockdown, we've been in lockdown in Greece for, for almost six weeks now. Greece is a has dealt with very successfully to date, dealt with this crisis. We have fewer cases than in other places, but we're all eager and anxious to move out of lockdown and um, to move to the, the, what we're calling the new normal. So in the new normal, we understand that we've bought ourselves some time so our health systems don't collapse, but we need to continue to monitor the situation and we need to know, uh, we need to have information. So mobile devices have a role to play. Um, I think we're all generally aware that mobile devices can help with tracking, they can help with contact tracing, they can help us monitor the situation, they can give us information. Um, at the same time, everybody's a little weary about where the line is between your own rights to privacy um, and um, the, the state's legitimate interest in monitoring the situation and also our own interest in staying healthy in, in. So why don't, why, don't, why don't you please start by giving us some background on what these mobile devices, so our phones or our iPads, what, what are they actually doing? What can they offer us in the fight against the coronavirus? Okay, thank you for, for having me. Uh, indeed, the mobile device is just one of the tools that we can use uh, along with other digital solutions that have been offered for tackling the coronavirus. So uh, I think it's, it, it will be useful to understand uh, what solutions we have, what, um, what we need to do to, to, to stop this virus. So uh, in the absence of a, a vaccine or effective treatment, we have to uh, turn to uh, classical epidemiolo epidemiological um, uh, approaches, which is containment. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, digital uh, mobile phones and digital solutions can help there, uh, first of all, uh, to make sure that uh, uh, we have a, a map or, or we, we know what the situation is, whether the people are uh, actually um, observing those confinement measures. So this is what was one of the, um, in a way, one of the first, uh, utilization of these uh, mobiles and uh, uh, we had uh, governments and, and people trying to access uh, location data from the telecom uh, and also from other uh, inter internet companies mm -hmm. to map 
the population movement. So at the general level, that's not, um, the idea was that these are uh, aggregated anonymous data and have been used before. So uh, that will uh, imply less uh, risk in terms of privacy. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, there are also um, suggestions and already applications in which uh, uh, we can also track individuals uh, using this location uh, data from, from mobiles. And that, that becomes already a bit more uh, problematic uh, because you interfere with the privacy of the person. But some people, it can be argued that this, uh, in light of the public interest, uh, then it is useful to have, to make sure that those people who are quarantined or people who are infected or at risk, that we know their whereabouts and we can also help and assist them. So that's the second, uh, the second is uh, um, this more individual location tracking. And uh, lastly, one of the, the most important, I think the one that everybody's talking about because it is promising, uh, although challenging, is contact tracing. Contact tracing basically, as we all know it, by now we all know we are all a bit epidemiologists. It's um, um, this process in which once a person is, uh, is identified as, as carrying the, the virus, then uh, uh, people interview the person in, in a conventional setting. They interview the person to know which other uh, people have been in contact with that person so that uh, to understand whether these people are at risk for themselves, but also at risk of infecting others. So an effective uh, contact tracing is very important, particularly when you deal with a virus uh, that uh, spreads uh, from people who do not show sim symptoms, either right. because uh, they are uh, during the, at the beginning of the disease, the incubation period, or that they are simply asymptomatic. It will not, never show such symptoms. So contact tracing is, uh, is important, but it's also very labor intensive and complicated. It requires a lot of uh, attention, also relies on people's memories, which may now is not always be uh, accurate. That's why digital solutions uh, are, um, are called and this, uh, to deal with this aspect uh, in a way which, you know, uh, you don't have to ask the persons, but once they, you can access uh, the location and information about where they have been and uh, with whom they have been in contact, then you can basically uh, trace these people and uh, follow up with them uh, to check, test them or, or see if they have been uh, infected. Now, uh, there are just uh, this quick overview to say there are two ways to do this contact tracing. Uh, we have a location-based, uh, in a way, it, it uses uh, what I said before, it uses this location data from the, from the mobile phone uh, to trace uh, a person's location in relation to other person's locations. So uh, this is uh, one way of doing it. There are, there are countries, there are applications that do that. But the concerns are here, uh, apart from the privacy, is that it is not very... Um, uh, accurate GPS or, or satellite uh, location, it's not that accurate in measuring proximity, measuring uh, co real contact between people, which some, sometimes is the range of one, two meters. That's why the second, the most promising approach is using uh, uh, proximity uh, sensors, the Bluetooth mm -hmm. uh, uh, technology that is embedded in all the phone, almost all the phones. Right. So in a way that the, the, the phones communicate with each other and understand, uh, uh, get information about their uh, encounters so that if we can access that data in a, in a, in a, in a proper way, we can uh, trace back the contact that had been in proximity of that uh, phone user. 
And here there's a lot of discussion about <laughs> how technological to be done. Maybe we can discuss in a bit. Well, I'm grouping this just generally speaking. So, so we basically have three things that we're doing. One is we're tracking the disease itself. So we're seeing where, they're, where the disease may be located in the community so that, that the policymakers or health authorities or governmental authorities can make decisions. Then the second is we're, we're actually seeing where people are located so we can deal with things like enforcing quarantine or monitoring and enforcing quarantine measures, et cetera. And the third thing is we're tracing contacts, correct? So these are, these are the, the main things we're doing. Um, and uh, okay, I, I know this this worries people very much, but let, let's let's see what's what's been done. I read the very interesting section in your report, which maps internationally who's been using what. So China is on let's say one end where it actually scores people based on what they do. So it, it you, they basically monitor just about everything, not anonymously. I assume where you are, what you're doing, who you've seen. Etc. Everything is on the table, and you get scored for good behavior. So that's one situation. Then Taiwan, I understand, has has used this to build this kind of electronic fence, where if you leave your quarantine, the authorities are alerted because they, you know, and then they let you know that you have to go back. To, you have to stay home. So they use it for monitoring and enforcement. And then I see that Singapore has is using this Bluetooth functionality that you mentioned. So they're doing contact tracing through that. Whereas in Europe, it seems to me that this is this is less widely used, correct? I mean, I, I think only, I, I only read that in, correct me if I'm wrong, only in, in Spain and in Catalonia and Madrid, is there um, some sort of use of this, of this application? Italy is sort of dabbling with it. So where, where, can you just give us an idea, like what's actually happening? I mean, practically, where and how are these being used? And more importantly, how successful are they? Or is there any data or is it too soon to see? Once you use these applications, what is the result in containing the virus? Um, and, you know, how does it help? What's, what's the bottom line, let's say, when you do this balancing act? Where do you come out? That's, that's exactly the big question that is out there uh, about effectiveness. But let me start maybe indeed uh, to, to map out the, the solutions. Uh, as you read in the report, indeed we have, first we had um, countries in, in Asia uh, using uh, many location tracking. So using exactly very, very personal information, location uh, to, to, to check whether people are observing uh, quarantine and uh, to see whether they self-isolate. So in a way, it's a more law enforcement approach. Uh, we had an interesting example there, Singapore that you mentioned, that mm -hmm. uh, provides an example for, for, for the work that has, uh, has, uh, has been done afterwards in terms of using these proximity uh, signals of, of Bluetooth and without actually uh, exchanging location data. So that's a big, uh, big win for, for, the, um, for privacy. Although um, the big debate is about now is about uh, how these uh, apps actually work, uh, where is this data, uh, uh, if it's staying on the device, then how do this data is matched with the data of other users? And the big divide is between uh, the so-called centralized systems that use uh, a, a public server, ideally of uh, Ministry of Health, uh, to, um, to match this and to, to report back to the users uh, uh, risk alerts uh, 
or you make sure that this data stays on the phone and uh, also the matching of the data with uh, data from other users are done, is done on, on the phone. Uh, so these are the two, uh, the two options available. What we have in Europe uh, nowadays is, is a lot of uh, searching, exploring, there are a lot of initiatives mm -hmm. uh, that mainly deal with, uh, with Bluetooth, um, Bluetooth uh, approaches. Uh, we, we had some app, uh, I think in, in Poland, home quarantine that uses a classic uh, individual tracking uh, approach uh, to, to check whether individuals are uh, um, observing uh, self-isolations. Other than that, uh, the debate is now about how to, which system, uh, what technica technical uh, specification of this more privacy-preserving uh, um, application to, to, to put forward. Uh, okay, so I, I assume, I mean, we have this one, you know, the, the worry that, you know, this is the ultimate excuse to have the full big brother uh, deployment and, and everybody, the population's movements are being tracked by governments for, you know, that's one concern. At the same time, I'd like to explore with you what you think the, at the EU level needs to be done. I mean, the EU has made, has, has actually said, the commission has said that it has warned that a fragmented and, um, and uncoordinated approach might risk hampering the effectiveness of the measures. So it questions whether we need to coordinate this in order to actually have results that are reliable and that will lead us to taking future effective action. And at the same time, um, it's try, it would like to, to, it has issued sort of common guidelines, uh, which are not mandatory, of course, but guidelines. And the commissioner, Commissioner Breton has sort of outlined that he, this has to be anonymized, it has to be voluntary, it has to be transparent, it has to be temporary, it has to be secured, and it also has to be interoperable. And I assume that means across operating systems, but also across borders, otherwise there's no... So what, what is the value added of the EU uh, being involved in this in terms of let's say effectiveness in terms of um, enforcement and also in terms of protection of rights such as privacy, uh, et cetera. Of course, uh, because these, uh, these applications uh, touch upon very sensitive issues and, and uh, they have to comply basically with EU law, uh, in particular uh, GDPR, GDPR and privacy and, 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 and cybersecurity rules. So because of that, it's inevitable that uh, a coordinated approach will be, uh, uh, will be um, preferred, should be preferred. Uh, now, of course, it is up to member states to, to find their best uh, solution. Uh, but uh, I think so far we have, we have seen, a couple, indeed, as you mentioned, the guidelines, the recommendation from the commission, and the consensus has been uh, that we, we are looking for a voluntary application, uh, not mandatory as it's right. been in some other places. Uh, we are looking for an application that is based on proximity, like Bluetooth and not lo uh, location as much as possible because that, that creates a lot of um, risks. Mm -hmm. uh, and also that is temporary, that's very important. Sure. This, this appeals to indeed concerns raised uh, by people that these 
crisis might provide actually uh, an, uh, an excuse for uh, you know um, expanding this uh, surveillance mass surveillance uh, uh, in Europe and also by 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 uh, private actors. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is what we should discuss here. You mentioned the interoper interoperability. Yes. Uh, an important point uh, when you talk about digital uh, applications. Sure. Uh, because you may have applications that work very well on one phone, uh, but simply that phone cannot communicate with another phone because it's made by a different brand or operates on different system. Uh, and here we have we had the news from uh, from Google and Apple that they are they are working on. Uh, uh, opening up and working together to develop this uh, um, technicality uh, in which it will be possible for, for Bluetooth signals, for example, to be, uh, to be used uh, from, from, from phones that, that correspond to their systems. So that's, uh, that, that, that's good news. Uh, of course, uh, the concern is again that how much uh, these uh, big tech companies should be involved and what are the safeguards uh, imposed by at European and national level uh, that these new features and new capabilities actually will not be used for different purposes. Right. Well, that's the big question. Well, Kostika Dumbrava from EPRS, thank you so much for giving us your insights. Um, I'd like to close by asking you, you're, you've obviously looked into this in much more depth than I have. You're the expert. So, What's the bottom line? I mean, when you weigh everything, the pros and cons, the effectiveness, the speed, uh, the, the potential for misuse, uh, people, the infringement and the, the weight on people's rights to privacy, what's the bottom line in your opinion? I wish it was something, a uh, simple one, a <laughs> simple question, a simple uh, uh, sentence. But uh, I think these applications, like like many other technologies, are useful. But they have to be uh, they have to be used carefully and based on on evidence. Something that we are still lacking. Uh, there are many assumptions that we ha have not been tested. So once these once we know more about this and and uh, once you 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 impose uh, adequate safeguards in terms of privacy uh, and data protection, then uh, this could uh, they could help. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kostika Dubrava from EPRS, discussing how uh, tracking mobile devices uh, can help us fight the coronavirus. Thank you very much. Thank stay, you for having stay me. Stay healthy and safe. Thank you very much. Thank you.